0: This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Mostly What God Does: Reflections on Seeking and Finding His Love Everywhere, written and narrated by number 1 New York Times best-selling author and broadcast journalist Savannah Guthrie, available now everywhere you get audiobooks. Welcome to Grace Enough Podcast and the 12 Days of Christmas in July series brought to you by schoolhouseteachers.com. A firm Christian-based worldview is the springboard needed in today's world, which can be attained with a schoolhouseteachers.com education. Use code EXPLORE to pay only $179 for a two-year Ultimate Membership during schoolhouseteachers.com Explore the World BOGO event. This is an incredible savings opportunity. Sign up now and receive a complimentary Explore the World tote while supplies last. Certain restrictions will apply. With your SchoolhouseTeachers.com membership, you can create your own homeschool schedule using over 400 unique courses, videos, lap books, unit studies, and more. One price covers the entire family. Giving you immediate access to hundreds of resources, including virtual school boxes for kindergartners through high schoolers. Sign up at SchoolhouseTeachers.com using code EXPLORE today. Now let's jump in to our 12 Days of Christmas in July series. We are halfway through 12 days of Christmas in July, and on this seventh day, I am featuring a journal that was birthed out of loss. My friend Adria Wilkins created the Joy Box Journal from devotions she wrote during a season of intentionally looking for joy after the loss of her son. The Joy Box Journal is a fabulous gift, so let's jump into today's conversation so you can learn all about it. Good morning, Adria, and welcome to the Grace Enough podcast.
1: Thanks, Amber. I'm so excited to be here with you.
0: Me too. I always love it when I get to have someone on who has become a friend through podcasting, and so it's a joy to talk to you today. But we are not going to sit and talk about each other too much. Instead, we are going to point to something that you have created, the Joy Box Journal, which I am excited to share with my audience. And so tell everybody a little bit of the backstory of the Joy Box Journal.
1: About 21 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, it goes back that far. Right. (laughs) we had a child that was born. Our second child was born with um, a lot of medical problems and I decided that I wanted to journal and to write the good and the bad that was going on. We had people all over the world that were praying for us churches that were praying for us. We had, um, Hundreds of people sending us cards and letters and bringing us meals. And I want to record all of that, even though we were going through a very difficult time. Our son was in the hospital for a hundred days before he came home. Uh, He came home on a ventilator. He was born with spina bifida. He could not walk. Uh, So he had a lot of acute medical issues. So we had 24-hour home health care in our home. And so I decided that I needed to write. That was the way that I was going to be able to process some of my feelings that um, at times were sad, frustration, happiness, anger, joy, laughter, tears, all of those Mm -hmm. all into one moment. And so I had to try to figure out how to process that. And so I wrote and then I discovered, as the years went on, I was asked to speak at a mops group and do devotions on a weekly basis. And I thought, Ooh, I don't know if I could do that or not. But I began to write short devotions, quick five minute devotions for moms to encourage them in their daily uh, and weekly routines. And so As I began looking at those five years ago, I ended up running across a lady in our church who is an editor for her, where she works. And I asked her if she would look at some of my devotions that I had written and and to see if possibly that I might put a book together. And she looked at those and got back with me and said, oh my, we (laughs) we need to write some of this stuff. And she said, because you wrote so much of your material in the moment, when you were going through stuff, she said there is so much real emotion there that you can feel coming mm-hmm. off of the pages. And so we met for three or four months every Saturday at Panera Bread. And we would meet for four hours at a time and we would work through four or five devotions and we would talk and brainstorm ideas for what a book would look like. And she helped me come up with an idea of writing a devotion slash journal that people could use. They could do a little reading and then we could offer them questions to journal and they would be thought provoking questions about your life and how you can pull joy out Mm -hmm. of any situation. So that's how it all kind of began and how it ended up happening right before it was placed into a publisher's hand.
0: I love that someone came alongside you and offered her expertise. What a gift. Yes. So tell me, because your son he did end up passing away. Was he at age six? Is No, he was three. Three. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your oldest.
1: Yeah, my daughter was um, around the age. She was actually five when he was born. Okay. So she was almost eight when he passed away.
0: Yeah. Well, and I want to tell everybody who's listening, if you would like to hear all of Adria's story, we have a friend, um, Neil, who has um, featured that on Other People's Shoes, where you can go and find it. I will link that in the show notes. But I know that this journal also came out of that loss as well. And so how do you feel like looking for joy in the everyday while walking through the illness with him and then walking through the grief of losing him really um, helped you to grieve?
1: Well, I believe that because I was able to work through some of the, uh, devotions that I had written about him. Now mm-hmm. there are only two or three devotions in the book that are specifically about him. I try to do some devotions around just things that bring me joy, such as mm-hmm. creation and just the things that spark my interest. And yeah. then I go research those, but um, Neil Matthews on The Other People's Shoes, when he interviewed me, that was one of the hardest interviews I've ever done. He dug very deep into the grief that I went through and the forgiveness that I had to go through because you see, we had home health care, and my husband and I were not home uh, Mm -hmm. when the incident happened with our son and our son had actually been doing very well. He was getting ready to go to school, early childhood school, and the nurse was there with him and my husband and I were at work. And his, uh, our son's trait came out and the nurse could not get it back in. And so he basically suffocated and he had been out of the hospital, had not been in the hospital for over a year. The doctors were very Mm -hmm. impressed with how well he was doing. And so it really was an accident of his death. The ambulance got there, they were able to get the trach back in, and they were able to get him started breathing again. But in the meantime, his heart had stopped. And then they even were able to get his heart started back. And they were talking about, wow, this little boy is like steel, you know, a little um, trooper. But he was brain dead at that point. Mm-hmm. Because you see, we were able to teach Blake 15 sign language words. He was able to get up and play like every other child and throw toys everywhere. He just had to sit or be in a standing wheelchair whenever he did those things. And so I had to walk through, even though I did not blame the nurse for the situation, I still struggled with what really happened. Why couldn't she get his trach back in when we were always able to get it back in? Mm -hmm. So, um, I wasn't bitter towards her or anything like that because one day I was out walking in our neighborhood and of course, thinking about the whole situation. And it was as if God gave me in my mind and told me, he said, you know what? There were many times that you and your husband did not have home health care, and you were home by yourself and had to take care of your child by yourself you should be thankful that it was not you that could not get the trach back in. And that she, the nurse has to carry that with her. And she really has struggled with it. And so I thank to God that I wasn't there, that it wasn't me that could not get the trach back in. And then I would have blamed myself for Mm -hmm. all those years. And so, you know, we, we, even though it was difficult to let him go. And I often tell people this and my husband says, well, be careful how you say this. But, you know, three days later, we took him off of life support because he was brain dead. And when we walked out of the room, I said to myself, I feel like a burden has been released off Mm -hmm. of me. And I felt the joy that only God can give. Everyone else was weeping and crying. But I said, I feel so good. Hmm. I don't have to say, is he going to live another day? Is he going to take another breath? Do I have to order medical supplies today? Are we going to have another nurse today? All of those worries were gone. Hmm. And I knew where Blake was. He was in a better place. And I didn't have to worry anymore anymore. Hmm. We had done all that God had asked us to do. We had given all that we had. And my husband Hmm. turned me around as we walked out of there. And he said, I love you more today than I ever have. Hmm. And the reason why I get emotional right now, because I don't always, but I was thinking about a lady that was in there with us we were able to have two people in the room with us when we took our son off of life support. And one of them was a lady named Glenn Ford. She was 70 years old and she was my rock that held me during those three years, which just passed away last week. And so that's part of my emotion. Mm -hmm. And then we had our pastor in the room with us, but I remember distinctly both of them saying, That was a precious moment, but we don't want to ever go through that again. Mm -hmm. And there was also a doctor in the room with us, and she was expecting a baby. And I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she endured that moment with us. But it was a beautiful moment. The sky was blue. They had opened up the windows, and it actually ended up being, you know, he passed away in my arms. It ended up being a very beautiful, relaxing moment. And when I laid him in the bed, it looked like he was taking a nap. And so I left out of there with peace. And I know that was probably a long answer to your question, but I had to kind of process it a little bit for you to understand how to walk through a grief moment, but still have joy.
0: Well, and that's the thing. I also don't want anybody to think that this book or this journal is only if you're walking through grief, it's right. really a journal of what I like to call, cause this is something that someone trained me to do years ago when I was struggling was collect joy points. Like I yeah. had this. somebody challenged me. Um, I want you to spend one week trying to collect a hundred joy points. And it was more of a, because I I was struggling with constantly being negative. Like everything was, oh my gosh, that's just so terrible, you know And it was like, just pay attention even to the way a bee lights on a flower. Exactly. Yeah. And it was amazing. I'll still go back and read through like how I sat and watched ants like build yes. a little ant hill. And like that was a joy point for me because I'm like, this is incredible. These little things are like building this whole kingdom. Oh, yes. And so that's really what the journal is about, helping us process things that bring us joy that we do not often pay attention to. And so tell me, what are some of the prompts? Like if someone were going to buy this journal, what are some of your favorite prompts in it that just gives them an idea, a flavor of what they may receive?
1: Well, one of them, and it's funny that you were talking about the bees. One of the, the stories is called invading their territory. And it was one day I took a blanket and I laid out in the backyard and, um, you know, it was just trying to relax. And all of a sudden I looked down cause it was laying there on my stomach. I looked down and I see all these ants, you know, they were walking in a line and I'm like, Oh, and then there were bees flying around me. <laughs> so and fascinating. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, there was so much activity mm-hmm. that it actually became anxiety to me because I felt like I had invaded mm. the land of the little bees and bugs and literally the ants, I had messed up their little trail and they had to start going around, around. my blanket. And so I talk about, you know, I invaded their territory encouraging people to invade, you know, invade territory and get out there and discover what is going on, the activity. I just wrote a new devotion the other day and I let my editor read it and she goes, wow, I don't think that I've ever thought about this before. I told her, I said, I went out one morning, I decided today I'm going to sit on my front porch, which I love, and I'm going to take in all the activity that goes on in the morning Outside, mm. and then I'm on then I took that same day, and in the evening, I sat out on my front porch and took in the activity. The morning was bustling with activity and energy, and the bees were flying everywhere, and people were out and active, and just everybody was so busy. But in the evening, everything was quiet, and people were coming home from work, and they were mm. walking a little slower. The birds weren't quite as chirpy. <laughs> You know, and so she said, wow, I don't think I've ever really thought about doing something like that. And so this is what I encourage people do with my book. I basically give them a little short read of something that happened um, in, you know, in my life. Um, we had uh, a friend that Uh, He was 70 years old at the time, and he would go out and mow the grass, and he would come in, and he would say, boy, that's good for somebody that has half a heart, because he literally only had half a heart, but he could get out and Mm -hmm. work and work the land, and he actually built a little corner chair for our son, Blake, when when he was little and alive. And, you know, so I dedicated that little story to him called Half a Heart. And I just said, and one of the quotes at the end was, even though Lewis had half a heart, the love that overflowed from him was immeasurable. I wonder what I can do with a whole heart. So if you stop and think about that, and one of the questions that I ask you is, who has gone out of their way to make something for you that would help you? What did they make and what emotion did it stir in you? And so basically, for me, they're simple little questions, but I have had people that have told me, that the book may look simple, but the thoughts that it brings into your mind and the way that it makes you stop and think, and the way that you ask the questions, open up things that I never thought would encourage me or even bring a tear to my eye. And mm. so I have been really surprised by comments like that. And there have been multiple people that have told me that that happened to them. Mm.
0: Well, and that's the thing too, when I think about something like this, so often someone may think about a journal as them just sitting down and journaling their thoughts, which I'm a huge fan of because um, I feel like sometimes to connect with God, we really need to know what's going on in our inner life. And sometimes we don't know what's going on in our inner life because unless you process it out loud or on paper, um, at least for me, and I know this is true for a lot of people, you really are just not aware of the work that God is doing in you and outside of you. And so with the journal, these prompts, um, these stories allow you to process that inner life a little bit more, which makes us so more so much more open to just acknowledging the work of God in our lives. And so that's something I love about it. And before I ask you the last question, Um, I want everyone to know too, the journal comes with this sweet little box that you put together on the inside. Um, It's really a great gift journal. It's just a great personal journal. But tell everybody a little bit about what the box is and its purpose. So at the end of each devotion,
1: along with the questions that you journal, there is a little extra question called a joy box note. And this one on half a heart that I was just telling you about, it is a question that says, describe a time when you reached out to help someone and how it made you feel. There are six little notepads at the back of the book, and they are cute little notepad, notepads One, uh, they say like joy moment and a wee bit of joy, and you go back there and write your answer on that little notepad, and there's a box in the front of the book that you pull out and put together, and you put your little note in the box, and you have that little box for your family, your friends, for generations to come, so that they can know what has brought you joy. Mm -hmm. And so it's just little bits of information about who you are, what brings you joy. Some of them are simple questions like what's your favorite flower and why. But you know, there are people that I'm gonna give you this example. My husband is a minister. And he just did a funeral for a lady and people did not know her very well. Hmm. Actually, they didn't know much about her. And she was like in her eighties. Wow. They didn't know what her favorite flower was. They didn't know anything much about her because this lady was not open with her life. She didn't have any kids. Hmm. Her husband had already passed away like 20, 30 years ago. So my husband was trying to reach out to a couple of different people at church and ask them specific questions about her life. No one knew. Mm. So you say, well, you know, I'm going to write down what my favorite flower is. What good information is that? Because that's an important piece of your life. What That is what brings you joy, the beauty of that particular flower, the details and the colors of those flowers, and maybe even the time of year that -hmm. those flowers grow in. So it can give you a lot of information about who you are.
0: Well, and I've learned too with learning to do that yourself, if you do have children, actually helps your children to do that. And then that just keeps getting passed on. Like I didn't really, um, and I don't think a lot of people do grow up in a family where we were really good about practicing. Like, I appreciate this about you or at birthdays, you know, like this is what we love about you, you know, going around. And so in our family, we've made that a practice where sometimes at dinner, all of a sudden someone will just say, uh, we're going to go around the table and tell each other what we appreciate about each other, Mm. or we're going to go around the table tonight. And I, we want to hear like what your favorite book is that you've read in the last whatever. And I mean, my kids are little, they're five, eight and 11, but it's just like that. Like when you start talking about the intricacies of a flower or like sometimes when we're outside on a walk, I'll say, okay, everybody stop. Tell me what you hear that pours into them paying attention. And yes. then hopefully they will become people who pass on to pay attention. Yes. Um and those things do matter. And that's why it matters because while legacy people may not remember us, they are going to remember the things that we did, particularly the things that help us point out our creator.
1: Yes. That's exactly what it's meant to be though. Is and and I do that. Sometimes I I will actually go out and sit on my front porch and I will say I want to name every sound that I hear. You yep. will be surprised at how much we don't realize that we're hearing.
0: <laughs> it's true. Smell. I mean, I, yeah, I've done this with gratitude. Like, let's do five cents gratitude. Like, really pay attention to what you smell, what you see. Can you taste anything right now? Those kinds of things. Yes. And it makes a difference. And yes. so, as the author of Joy Box Journal, Do you, and you've kind of shared a couple of little things, comments people have made, but do you have a story or somebody's impact statement that someone has shared with you as a result of using the journal?
1: Yeah, I have several and I was trying to figure out which which one to share. (laughs) So I had... um, uh, there are men that read my book and there are women that read my book. So it is for anyone, any yeah. age and any, any person, but, um, uh, I probably the average age of the people that read my book are probably 35 and up, but I had this man that told me he, he actually sent me, um, um, email and said, he's the one who said your book may look simple, hmm But when you get in there and read and you take the one devotion that you've written and you truly answer the questions that you've given us to journal, he said, I went through a terrible divorce years ago. Mm -hmm. And I never thought there was anything joyful about that whole situation. And he said, but a question that you prompted us to answer And I don't know specifically which one it was, but he said, as I sat there and wrote what my feelings were about that particular situation, I began to weep and I found joy in that situation. And I thought, wow, (laughs) you know, (laughs) okay. I mean, I would have never expected something like that. I had another lady that she was school. She was a teacher of ESL to Mm. adults. Okay, And she retired and during COVID last year, she thought to herself, man, I still want to reach out to people that need to learn English. And so she reached out to some of her students that she had had. Some of them had already gone back to their countries in Japan and Indonesia and different places. And she asked them, Since we're all locked down, would you all like to do a Zoom call and learn some more English words? And to my surprise, she said, I have taken your book and I have written for each devotion. I have explained different phrases that you might use that people in other countries would not understand. And she said, I have taken different words. Like if you've said, well, if I only had half a heart, ooh, that sounds scary. Right. But what, you know, what he was meaning, what what she was meaning by that. And so she actually like broke down the grammar and the meaning of what each devotion Whoa, meant. Cool. And she invited me to come into one of their Zoom calls. And it was so cool it was so cool and i thought wow who would have thought that my book would be used in an english for you know p- language group for people to learn basic english That's but cool. i thought
0: what a great book to do that with That is so cool. That really is so cool. So, that was
1: one of my favorites. And I have told her over and over her name is Jenny Waters, and she's a writer friend. And I have told her over and over that, you know, I put her on a high pedestal, and she will humbly say, Don't do that. Mm. But she's such an encourager to me. And she has promoted my book, and just encouraged me along the way. But when she did that, it just amazed me. And so I've tried to encourage people to go ahead and use it. If you are, you know, a teacher like that, use it in that way. And, you know, she was cautious because um, it was not a Christian group. And so she wanted to be um, careful with them. She did tell them up front, that she's a Christian and, you know, but she said, there are some uh, scripture verses in here, but if you have questions, and she said, there were a couple of times that people ask what some of these, you know, what some of the scripture verse meant. And so she said, when they open up and ask, she was telling
0: them. (laughs) What a great opportunity yeah. too, to just use real life situations to end up pointing back to Christ. I yes. love it. Yes. Well, tell everybody where is the best place to find the joy box journal? Well, a couple of different places. You
1: can go to Amazon and type in the joy box journal and, and you will see it there. You can also go to my website, joyboxstories.com. And there's a link on there as well to Amazon to purchase the book. Sometimes I tell people if I'm speaking yeah, or on zoom, even speaking, and you want to buy a book, then we can make an arrangement. If you want a signed copy, you know, That's um, right. so, uh, and then you could go to any other bookstore, Christian bookstore online and type it in. And, um, it, You can usually order it from any bookstore, but um, they don't really have it at the bookstores, but you can purchase them online.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much for being here, Adria, and for putting out this journal. I'm definitely grateful for it.
1: Well, thank you, Amber. It has been a a joy to be with you today. And I would love to hear from your listeners how they are able to find joy even during the difficult times.
0: Would you like an opportunity to win a Box journal? I will be giving away a product from all 12 episodes beginning Friday, August 6th. Follow Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber on Instagram for more information. I'll meet you back here tomorrow for day eight featuring the Daily Grace Co.